evening, Black family. Hayes here. Jeannie had to take her daughter to her job. Seems that car that she got is uh, it's on its last leg. Told her don't get that rust bucket. But now you can't tell these young youngsters shit. So she had to learn the hard way. Still, her mama had to get out there and take her to work. So it always fell back on Juanita, her daughter's bad choice in a car. Yeah, so she kind of reamed me out because uh, let me go ahead and take these doggone pills. She made sure that I took my insulin. I was all geared up to go and take care of the lawn. And then I got sick on the stomach. She wanted me to stay in. I'm on the grass tomorrow. It's not supposed to rain. It only rained in the morning time. I just now started to feel a little bit better. Skill still bloated. I took the gas X. She said I could take, excuse me, I could take two more of those after I finished eating. So I gotta have this done. Should I take this then? And take my sugar before I fire up this blunt. Oh, sorry about that, Lily. I give anything I have just to hear and interact with my mother and my grandmother. My grandmother was in my life longer than my mom. My mom died when she was 50 years old. Wasn't even 50 a month before she passed on. My grandmother held on until she was 94. We lost her November the 17th of 2021. So this day doesn't mean anything to me because they're both gone. At least I had some pleasant Mother's Days. Because my grandmother, she always got a Mother's Day. She always got a Mother's Day. I 
just thought that she would uh she'd be here to bring in my 50th but my grandma used to say when I was a little boy baby I'll be gone before you're 30. I always say I don't say that She left me when I was 49. She was scared that I she thought my health was going down because of the stroke and having to walk with the cane. And she had passed on by the time I had that operation last October. I'm hoping they didn't fuck me up, but sometimes my back just feels like it's jammed up, you know. I took my sugar first time. I didn't tell Juanita it was 354. It's a little too high for even my liking, but you know the saying. If it's your time. You gotta go, you gotta go. I'm not in any hurry to go. I gotta make sure my aunties and Juanita are right. I don't think I'll make it to 60, no. I'm tired. Tired of living in this double standard anti-black nigger-hating world, especially this goddamn country. But I want to live long enough to see this country fall. Watch these white people lose their fucking mind because they don't know how to adapt to hard times like black people do. I'll get another sale. Right. Two sales work. That'll work. Shit. That's a new needle. Why that shit hurt? Let's see. What's it gonna be? God damn. 336. And I haven't had no damn candy today. I guess it's going to start fucking with me. Now I get fucked with my mom. The sugar does whatever the fuck he wants to do. I'm not going to tell Juanita that number either. She's kind of high. She got me in here. The AC. It's cold as a motherfucker. Hold on a second.
see you got up under your blanket, huh, Lily? Put a little bit in hers. Put my robe on. So get back in the. Been uploading my brother Lasmore's content. I got to convert it to one of these. Uh, AV file, some file I got converted to MP4, so then I can upload it. Because I definitely enjoy his content. Nene really enjoys it too. Because Lasmore doesn't hold it up, he keeps it all the way real 100%. Don't pull no punches. And he tells it how it is. He should have been my uncle. We had a good, uh, Healing talk uh, meeting yesterday. I didn't record it because I was doing a lot of other things on the side as I was attending the meeting. I'm trying to gather up a lot of uh, Dr. Grant's content. Just the one where he's speaking, not the ones that like he copy somebody else's TikTok. I only want his content where he's speaking. He used this new program that Lasmore turned Juanita and I on to. Helps us uh, record the screen and give commentary on whatever's being played. I've never been one to get in front of the camera because I've always been told I'm not photogenic, that I'll break camera lenses or too dark to take a correct picture heard all those all my life so I'm behind the camera never in front of it this is probably the best you get just a voice in black Lily I know you're not holding that tree dog like Hoards her tree. I turned over her bed and she had like two of them. Hid in the crease. You know, there's like a this pillow top bed and like got creases in the you know the corner. And she had two treats in there. I know. I got some good, 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 good weed. 
since I got everything taken care of and taking meds and taking my sugar, I think I go ahead and I end it here and uh, I'm going to play some Call of Duty. A's out. Infrastructure ways to protect us, then we can make the money, but we can spend most of our time trying to protect ourselves. But otherwise, we wouldn't have to. Exactly, Jason. May I say this point? We're not powerless. Speaking of John Demetrius, I don't know what's true, what's fact, what's fiction, but I do know if, first of all, I don't believe in a person being accused of something, and we just, because they were accused, we take it as gospel that they actually did of what they're accused. That's not fair. I don't care if you're black. There's a to black men more than any other woman, but I don't care if you're black woman, white man, white woman. I feel like everyone deserves the due process. However, I don't feel he's getting the due process. People are, he's been accused, and all the evidence that's come forward shows he actually did not do of which he's being accused. But now he's being blacklisted, dropped from rules. But what's bothering me the most, Jason, I'm already just been about us a little, is we act like we're powerless. We talk to the line, we pick a line, everyone says they're a former vet, they're MMA fighters, they're good at friends, they're good with guns. What good is acting tough when I can beat them? We're not powerless. If Jonathan Dangerous is dropped or blacklisted from these movie studios, then we need to boycott those movie studios, right? may not be the number one movie going, but we do, we are a significant portion of that base. The same thing when it comes to the way we're being treated. When people come to me now, Jason, try to complain about stuff, I already know how bad things are for us. I don't live here. I ask them, you will be the candidate or you will be on the support team for the candidate. If they, uh, they can't answer that, I leave it alone. We are not powerless. We may be wealthless, but we have never been powerless, so we wouldn't be here if we were powerless. We need to use the power and the resources we have to get what we deserve. You know, that reminds me what everybody's been talking about the brother Jordan Neely up there in New York. And I, was, I did a program about this last night. And during that program, I was pointing out to people that, by the way, you notice that nobody, no one is invoking self-defense as the argument for killing them. You can't say that you attacked anyone. Everyone admits, no, he didn't physically touch you on. He didn't. And why did you do that to him? Well, he was yelling threats, whatever in the world that means, and scaring passengers. So let me get this straight. You're now telling me that if you're a white person and you are quote unquote scared of a black person, that you can now take action and kill them. This is what they're arguing. He just scared us, and that gives me the ability to sneak up behind you, not in front of him, snuck up behind him, puts him in a chokehold and strangles him to death for 15 minutes. This is where we're at today. And your black political class, including Jimbo Jangles, silent. Not pushing the issue, not saying anything, just silent. This is why we have to have a change. So I'm very glad you gave us a call. But here to join us here tonight, brother, I'll let you have the last word. Thank you, Jason. Just let me say, um, I remember the two guys in Tennessee, and people were saying that they were being theatrical, and Tesla and Federal interview one, and she asked him, like, what's your agenda specifically for black people? And then she mentioned reparations. And he said something like, well, you know, I'm worried about you mentioning it. Let me explain to you what they mean when they say that. The reason why James Feinberg is so strong in reparations. They're saying that because they don't feel there's any support for them to get in power 
having reparations as part of their platform. I'm sure you know James Clyburn knows that reparations is the right thing to do, but they don't feel there's any support for before. When people don't donate to reparations camp, I have other things on my platform. Yes, I'm not just a reparations camp. Reparations is the main thing, but reparations is my identifying factor. When they see reverence candidates like myself and a few others run, and they see us getting no support, that just reinforces the belief that they have there's no validity or no need in specifying uh, agendas for civil black Americans, especially reparations. We have to prove them wrong. And we have to show that if you adopt an agenda specifically for black Americans, freemen, ethnic, that there is support in doing that. If not, we're going to continue getting the guy in Tennessee saying, well, I don't hear nobody mention that, so I'm not going to do it. You know, you mentioned LGBTQ issues all the time. We're going to continue getting James Clyburn saying, hell no. And right now, as we speak, James Clyburn will be retiring soon, but he's handpicking his successor who's going to have that same dismissive attitude. It is up to us to support people who support us in the show that it is worthwhile specifying things that are important and due to us. So I'm asking people to please do that. Daniel Penny raised Daniel Penny raised $1.3 million to kill someone, <laughs> to kill a black person. I was saying this last night that white supremacy puts his dollars behind his beliefs. He doesn't just put his beliefs out there. He knows, okay, when we finish believing, we got to throw the dollars behind. So let's believe in it bucks. We got to have it. Because they understand nothing's going to get done if you don't start moving. Nothing's going to get done. It's not enough for you to be on the right side, quote, right side. It's not for you enough to be on the right. You're going to have to be on the right side of their cash register also. Marcel, thank you very much for joining us here tonight. Thank you uh, Definitely, and we'll be speaking to you again, brother. We appreciate it. Absolutely here, folks. Like I said, we got to take it seriously. We got to take it seriously. You're not going to get anything done just talking about it. As black folk, we have to understand. I told y'all last night, Daniel Penny's people, they didn't bring hope and change. They brought dollars and change. They didn't bring hope and change. They brought dollars and change. They understand, hey, if you're going to get anything done, you're going to have to make some something jiggle. It's going to have to be. So I want all of you to keep that there in mind. If you are so inclined, you can assist our brother with that. Because we are not going to come into our own until we have the ability to do that. Not going to come into our own until we have the ability to do that. We're going to take a very brief commercial, non-commercial break. When we come back, we'll be taking your phone calls and more. Before we do, I want to thank everyone, everyone, and I do mean everybody who has contributed support to my program on PayPal, Cash App, Super Chat, Venmo, my man, Hall of King. In the Super Chat, thank you very much for your support, brother. We appreciate that. With the big B1, as always, also want to send a shout out here to my man, Mr. Baker. Mr. Richburg and everyone else, uh, Kermit and everyone else who has contributed to support tonight's program here. Thank you very much for your support. We're going to take a very brief commercial, non-commercial break. When we come back, we'll be taking your phone calls and more. This is the Black Chat. Spirit of 1811 Publishing presents In a world driven by fear and hatred lurks a fierce assassin, the Tarkin. Armed with an insatiable appetite for death and destruction, the Tarkin's mission is to target and eliminate anyone who stands in the way of white supremacy. Enter Akum Jeffers, a fearless counter-racist hitman who 
whose mission is to hunt down and eliminate the tarpon once and for all. But the tarpon is cunning and ruthless. Will Occam be able to stop the tarpon's deadly plot? Or has he finally met his match? The ultimate fight to the death begins now. God Lovers, a novel by Josiah J. Starr. In stores May 22nd, 2023. Everywhere books are sold. Having computer problems? Is your PC or Mac running slow? Need help building a gaming PC? Having problems with your Apple or Android device? Call or text Fix Too Fast. We can fix common and uncommon computer software issues remotely anywhere nationwide from the comfort of your home or business. Are you having hardware issues with your PC or Mac? Ship it to us and we will ship it back fixed. Call 1-877-412-9890 or text 513-440-1646 to speak to a technician. Please visit our website at www.fixtofast.net. Shit ain't polished over here. Sometimes you act like you do that. It ain't polished. I don't know when this shit's in the raw. My recorder's in the raw. Yeah, sometimes. I ain't trying to be like CNN. This ain't no Caucasian News Network. This is nigga, nigga, and nigga.
This is the Black Channel. I am your host, Rebecca Muhammad, serving the Black Authority, and the telephone lines are now open. The number is 646 787 1933. That's 646 787 1933. Your personal access code. Black is Radio Program. That's only on this kind of today. As always, you're welcome. Join us on tonight's program here. I would like to once again give priority to anyone if you've been to an HBCU. We won't talk about that tonight. The HBCUs, in my opinion, have been incubators of anti-black and anti-reparation strategy. Whatever the Democrats throw down, the HBCUs eat up. Those of you who have been there, those of you who went through those places and whatnot, I want to send a special invitation for you to go ahead and give us a call here tonight as well. Telephone number is 646-787-1933. That's 646-787-1933. Your personal access code to Black Media. And you are welcome to give us a call here. Big shout out to my man, B1 Media is a lifesaver. As always, thank you very much for your support. And to everyone who has helped to contribute to tonight's program, our job here at the New Black Media is to help to decipher these things for you. I was speaking to somebody here yesterday who said that they don't even watch CNN and the regular television anymore. They don't watch any of that. They wait for us to come on. They wait for us to come on and give the news because we are really getting the story behind the story because it is our job to take a look at the propaganda and decipher it to see how the truth has been twisted or how the, these are facts that have occurred and then the interpretation of them is twisted. Right now, you are living in a panorama. Oh, you are living in a whirlwind of propagandistic manipulation. They're using words. Everywhere they go, they're using words, and they're bringing in people. And you think the words mean one thing, they actually mean something else. You're being held to the letter of the law, not the intent of the law. So when we talk about reparations, when we discuss reparations, and then you have a so-called black politician who tells you that he supports reparations as long as you don't Use that word. I'm sorry. You want to know if you support reparations? I that naming. I support reparations just so long as it's not reparations. I support reparations just not in that name. That's what he said. I support reparations. I support reparations just not in that name. In other words, you don't support reparations. Let me be very, very clear. The dominant society don't change the name. Dominant society brings straight up the middle. This is what you're going to get. This is what you're going to have. As black folks, when Jewish people were going for reparations, they didn't call it something else. When the Japanese were going for reparations, they didn't call it something else. You get to us, and all of a sudden, we got to call it something else. We got to play the pronoun game. We got to relabel it. And you all know what happens if he forces you to relabel it something else, then what you're going to get is something else. But you will not get reparations. Call America code 480. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name when you call me? Hey, uh, this is Billy. I'm calling. Hey, Billy. Chicago. Okay, Billy from Chicago, west side or south side? Yeah, uh, All right, Billy, what's on your mind? Okay, um, just, just 
Socioeconomic position that we should be focusing on. Well, just currently, I'm not sure if you are aware of what happened in the news today. There's a young woman who was a Chicago police officer who got gunned down by three. Um, that happened. Black, that happened today. So that and, happened today, um, or that happened last week? That happened today. Um, that happened. Well, that happened last week. Okay, thank you. All right, get your facts together. Get your facts together. Get your facts together first. Get your facts together first of all. You're going to make up propaganda. At least try to get the propaganda's facts together first. You didn't even have the facts together. Okay, here's, well, my first thought about it is, my first thought about it is, you know, if you're going to ask that kind of question. Okay, let me make sure I've tuned up your banjo for you. Okay, so you're worried about the tragedy there of the young black female police officer who was killed up there in Chicago. You see that as a black, you see that as an issue of the black community, is what you're saying. Not the Chicago Police Department, Absolutely. but the black, it's the black no, community. It's an issue with the black community. She went, she would basically went home off duty and she just got off work. And three young black thugs raised by single mothers went ahead and gunned it down. That's the culture. That black culture basically is a matriarchal society. And we need to fix it. We need to start uplifting black men and motivating them to start doing things to promote that uplifting community. Okay, brother, brother, no offense. Do you need some mucinex? Because you sound real stopped up. Every time you call me, it's like your allergies are messing with you. So. Before we go any further, do you need an antihistamine or do you need a decongestant? Because your sound stopped up every time you call in. You, you could go, go ahead and just try to mock me or try to you know, add hominy. Brother, I'm not mocking you. These jokes write right themselves. I'm not mocking you. Well, again, you're trying to deflect off the issue. Preparation isn't the big thing. It's other things that are focused that Black people should focus more on. And I think that you're distracted. Black people from what's most important to them, which is the crime in our and the culture that is occurring in our community. I mean, I hear this all the time. In okay, brother, brother, what do you think about the three black kids who killed that woman in, in Colorado? What are you talking about? <laughs> there was that rock throwing incident in Colorado. These three kids, these three black kids, set up here and threw some rocks off the bridge, and this woman was driving along and got killed. Are you going to say that's a community issue also? Three black kids went, went ahead and, I mean... Are you going to say that's, I'm a, not sure that's, that's not a juvenile delinquency issue? You're going to say that's a black community issue? It, you see, you're trying to... This, forget about... I'm talking about this specific issue. Okay, I'm talking about... Okay, you, you, just right named three, you just named three black teens in Chicago. You said they killed a police officer. Got it. What about the three black teens? What about the three... What about the three black teens? Okay, but sir, what about, sir, we're not going to talk over the host. Sir, we're not going to talk over the host now. 
You're not that deep. You're not that congested. I'm not going to talk about Colorado. Yeah. Three black kids threw rocks off the bridge. That's white woman was driving yeah. along yeah. that hill. Now, are you going to say that's a beauty high. issue or that's yeah. a juvenile delinquency issue? Um, it's a community issue. Okay? They're black. I'm very glad. I'm very glad. I'm very glad you said that because Joseph Coning, Nicholas Kulichik, and Zachary Quack were three white teenagers who, on May 4th, just a couple of weeks ago, threw some rocks off of this overpass, and a 20 year old woman driving along named Alexa Bartell was killed. Well, they didn't. They used rocks. They didn't. Okay, use rocks. so so that's okay. So, so, it, so it matters how you kill them. So if they had thrown rocks at the Chicago police officer, sure that would have been okay. Okay, so okay, you can't you can't prove the three teams. You can't prove that, sir. You can't prove that, sir. You can't prove intent. You can't prove intent. You mental midget. You can't prove intent. I highly doubt when people want to go ahead and throw a rock, they want to kill Okay, them. sir, you, on, you have no proof that they didn't. You're, tr you're trying to deflect off No, sir, what I did was I just control. I just gave the exact same scenario. You said three kids killed a black woman in Chicago. They're black. Oh, they're thugs. Three white kids in Colorado. Well, what did they use exactly? Oh, was it rock? I'm sure they didn't mean to. Brother, let me tell you, you've earned tonight's theme song for you. I'm going to go ahead and get your thistle out. Go ahead and shine up your tap shoes, brother. It's your time to shine. Who needs white supremacists when we got fellas like him? Who needs white supremacists when we got folks like him? Nigerians. I think you're the white supremacist because you're ignoring the true issue that is facing the black community right now. Okay, well, so, so when something like this happens, it's a community issue. When it's white, when it's three white kids, a gang of white kids do the same thing. That's not a white, that's not a community issue. Boy, he's stuttering. Did y'all hear him? He's flustered over here. It's not going to Boy, he is flustered, ain't he? I mean, he's getting cool tongue tied. Tap dance tongue tied. I think you're a psyop, man. I think you're just trying to. I think you're an agent of white supremacy. Brother, you think I'm a psyop? You think I'm a psyop, and I think you're a sinus, is my thing. And I think you need to start taking yeah. some big steam treatments is what you need to do. Thank you very much for giving us a call here tonight. Yeah. Yes, I am. You're assigned us while you're sitting here talking. What the hell is wrong with this guy? So I let him out tonight. Call America 347, you're on live. Black Channel, what's your name? Oh, man, what's up, man? This is Jarrell. Jarrell, can you take a please? I don't know how you... I don't know how you have to finish up. Uh, 
they started 140 years later. You show up and now they telling you what you don't need to get and what you're not supposed to have. But they're not saying that to these white folk masquerading as criminals and children. That's what they're not doing. Yeah, you when people come in me nowadays and try to complain about stuff, 
I already know how bad things are for us. I don't live here. I asked them, are you going to be the candidate or are you going to be on the support team for the candidate? If they, uh, they can't answer that, I leave it alone. We are not powerless. We may be wealthless, but we have never been powerless. So we wouldn't be here if we were powerless. We need to use the power and the resources we have to get what we deserve. You know, that reminds me what everybody's been talking about the brother Jordan Wheeling up there in New York. And I, was, I did a program about this last night. And during that program, I was pointing out to people that, by the way, you know this, that nobody, no one is invoking self-defense as the argument for killing them. You can't say that you attacked anyone. Everyone admits, no, he didn't physically touch you on. He didn't. And why did you do that to him? Well, he was yelling threats, whatever in the world that means, and scaring passengers. So let me get this straight. You're now telling me that if you're a white person and you are quote unquote scared of a black person, that you can now take action and kill them. This is what they're arguing. He just scared us and that gives me the ability to sneak up behind you, not in front of him, snuck up behind him, puts him in a chokehold and strangles him to death for 15 minutes. This is where we're at today. And your black political class, including Jimbo Jangles, silent. Not pushing the issue, not saying anything. Silent. This is why we have to have a change. So I'm very glad you gave us a call. But here to join us tonight, brother, I'll let you have the last word. Thank you, Jason. Just let me say, um, I remember one of the two guys in Tennessee, and people were saying that they were being theatrical. And Tesla Federal interview one in. And she asked him, like, what's your agenda specifically for black people? And then she mentioned reparations. And he said something like, well, you know, I don't hear anybody mention it. Let me explain to you what they mean when they say that. The reason why James Five comes so strong in reparations. They're saying that because they don't feel there's any support for them to get in power having reparations as part of their platform. I'm sure even James Five knows that reparations is the right thing to do. But they don't feel there's any support moving forward. When people don't donate to reparations camp, I have other things on my platform. Yes, I'm not just a reparations camp. Reparations is the main thing, but reparations is my identifying factor. When they see reparations candidates like myself and a few others run, and they see us getting no support, that just reinforces the belief that they have. There's no validity or no need in specifying. Uh, agendas for civil black Americans, especially reparations, we have to prove them wrong. And we have to show that if you adopt an agenda specifically for black Americans, Freeman, FBA, that there is support in doing that. If not, we're going to continue getting the guy in Tennessee saying, well, I don't hear nobody mention that, so I'm not going to do it. You know, you mentioned LGBTQ issues all the time. We're going to continue getting James Clyburn saying, hell no. And right now, as we speak, James Clyburn will be retiring soon, but he's handpicking his successor who's going to have that same dismissive attitude. It is up to us to support people who support us in the show that it is worthwhile specifying things that are important and due to us. So I'm asking people to please do that. Daniel Penny raised, Daniel Penny raised $1.3 million to kill someone, <laughs> to kill a black person. I was saying this last night that white supremacy puts his dollars behind his words. He doesn't just put his beliefs out there. He knows, okay, when we finish believing, we're going to throw the dollars behind it. So let's believe in them bucks. We got to have it. 
because they understand nothing's going to get done if you don't start moving things. Nothing's going to get done. It's not enough for you to be on the right side, quote, right side. It's not for you enough for you to be on the right. You're going to have to be on the right side of their cash register also. Marcel, thank you very much for joining us here tonight. Thank you for uh, And we'll be speaking to you again, brother. We appreciate it. Absolutely here, folks. Like I said, we got to take it seriously. We got to take it seriously. You're not going to get anything done just talking about it. As black folk, we have to understand. I told y'all last night, Daniel Penny's people, they didn't bring hope and change. They brought dollars and change. They didn't bring hope and change. They brought dollars and change. They understand, hey, if you're going to get anything done, you're going to have to make some something general. It's going to have to be. So I want all of you to keep that there in mind. If you are so inclined, you can assist our brother with that because we are not going to come into our own until we have the ability to do that. Not going to come into our own until we have the ability to do that. We're going to take a very brief commercial, non-commercial break. When we come back, we'll be taking your phone calls and more. Before we do, I want to thank everyone, everyone, and I do mean everybody who has contributed to support my program on PayPal, Cash App, Super Chat, Venmo, my man, Hall of King. In the super chat, thank you very much for your support, brother. We appreciate that. With the big B one, as always, also want to send a shout out here to my man, Mr. Baker, Mr. Richburg, and everyone else, uh, Kermit, and everyone else who has contributed to support tonight's program here. Thank you very much for your support. We're going to take a very brief commercial, non-commercial break. When we come back, we'll be taking your phone calls and more. This is the Black Chat. Spirit of 1811 Publishing presents In a World Driven by Fear and Hatred lurks a fierce assassin, the Tarkin. Armed with an insatiable appetite for death and destruction, the Tarkin's mission is to target and eliminate anyone who stands in the way of white supremacy. Enter Akum Jeffers, a fearless counter-racist hitman, whose mission is to hunt down and eliminate the Tarkin once and for all. But the Tarkin is cunning and ruthless. Will Akum be able to stop the Tarkin's deadly plot, or has he finally met his match? The ultimate fight to the death begins now. God Lovers, a novel by Josiah J. Starr, in stores May 22nd, 2023. Everywhere books are sold. Having computer problems? Is your PC or Mac running slow? Need help building a gaming PC? Having problems with your Apple or Android device? Call or text Fix Too Fast. We can fix common and uncommon computer software issues remotely anywhere nationwide the comfort of your home or business. Are you having hardware issues with your PC or Mac? Ship it to us and we will ship it back fixed. Call 1-877-412-9890 or text 513-440-4646 to speak to a technician. Please visit our website at www.fixtofast.net. Mess up the fuck. I'm broadcasting. 
You are living in a whirlwind of propagandistic manipulation. They're using words. Never they go, they're using words and they're bringing in people. And you think the words mean one thing, they actually mean something else. You're being held to the letter of the law, not the intent of the law. So when we talk about reparations, when we discuss reparations, and then you have a so-called black politician who tells you that he supports reparations as long as you don't use that word. I'm sorry? You want to know if you support reparations? I support reparations in that name. I support reparations just so long as it's not reparations. I support reparations just not in that name. That's what he said. I support reparations. I support reparations just not in that name. In other words, you don't support reparations. Let me be very, very clear. The dominant society don't change the names. The dominant society brings straight up the middle. This is what you're going to get. This is what you're going to have. As black folks, when Jewish people were going for reparations, they didn't call it something else. When the Japanese were going for reparations, they didn't call it something else. You get to us, and all of a sudden, we got to call it something else. We got to play the pronoun game. We got to relabel it. And you all know what happens if he forces you to relabel it something else, then what you're going to get is something else. But you will not get reparations. Call America 480. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where you calling from? Uh, this is Billy. I'm calling Chicago. Okay, Billy from Chicago, west side or south side? Okay, Billy. Oh, here we go. All right, Billy, what's on your mind? Okay. Um, why do you tend to always misinform your callers? Because I don't think black people should be focused so much on reparations right now. Black people should just be more focused on how to fix their community and the culture that destroy the community, not reparations. And give me the top three things that have nothing to do with our socioeconomic position that we should be focusing on. Well, just currently, I'm not sure if you are aware of what happened in the news today. There's a young woman who was a Chicago police officer who got gunned down by three um that happened black, that happened black today so that and, happened today um, or that happened last week that happened today um that happened well that happened last week but okay thank you all right you get, get your back get your facts together get your facts together get your facts together first get your facts together first of all if you're gonna make up propaganda get, at least try to get the propaganda's facts together first yes you have the facts. Okay, here's well, my first thought about it is my first thought about it is, you know, if you're gonna ask that kind of question. Okay, let me make sure I've tuned up your banjo for you. Okay, so you're worried about the tragedy there of the young black female police officer who was killed up there in Chicago. You see that as a black, you see that as an issue of the black communities. Not the Chicago Police Department, Absolutely. but the black, it's the black no, community. It's an issue with the black community. She went, she was basically went home off duty. 
and she just got off work and three young black thugs raised by single mothers went ahead and drugged it out. That's the culture. That black culture basically of matriarchal society. And we need to fix it. We need to start uplifting black men and motivating them to start doing things to promote that uplifting Okay, brother, brother, no offense. Do you need some mucinex? Because you sound real stopped up. Every time you call me, it's like your allergies are messing with you. So before we go any further, do you need an antihistamine? Or do you need a decongestant? Because you sound stopped up every time you call me. You could go you could go ahead and just try to mock me or try to you know, add hominy. Brother, I'm not mocking you. These jokes write themselves. I'm not mocking you. Well, again, you're trying to deflect off the issue. Reparations isn't the big thing. It's other things that are focused that black people should focus more on. And I think that you're distracting black people from what's most important to them, which is the crime in our and the culture that is occurring in our community. I mean, I hear this all the time. In okay, brother, brother, what do you think about the three black kids who killed that woman in, in Colorado? There was that rock throwing incident in Colorado. These three kids, these three black kids, set up here and threw some rocks off the bridge, and this woman was driving along and got killed. Are you going to say that's a community issue also? Three black kids went ahead and, I mean, are you going to say that's, I'm not sure that's, that's not a juvenile delinquency issue? You're going to say that's a black community issue? It, you see, you're trying to. It, Forget about, I'm talking about this specific issue. Okay, I'm talking about, okay, you just named three, you just named three black teens in Chicago. You said they killed a police officer. Got it. What about the three black teens? What about the three, what about the three black teens? Okay, but sir, what about, sir, we're not going to talk over the host. Sir, we're not going to talk over the host now. You're not that deep, you're not that congested. We're not going to talk over the host. In Colorado, three black kids threw rocks off the bridge. That's white boy who's driving along that kill. Um, it's a community issue. Basically, if they're black, they're more than likely they're raised by single mothers. I'm very so glad. I'm very glad. I'm that. very glad you said that because Joseph Coning, Nicholas Kulichik, and Zachary Quack were three white teenagers who, on May fourth, just a couple of weeks ago, threw some rocks off of this overpass. And a 20-year-old woman driving along named Alexa Bartel was killed. Well, they did they used rocks. They didn't Okay, use so so that's oh, okay, so, so, it, so it matters how you kill them. So if they had thrown rocks at the Chicago police officer, sure that would have been okay. Not Okay, so okay, you can't you can't prove the three teams. You can't prove that, sir. You can't prove that, sir. You can't prove intent. You can't prove intent. You mental midget. You can't prove intent. I highly doubt when people want to go ahead and throw a rock, they want to kill. Okay, sir, you you have no proof that they didn't. No, sir. What I did was I just I just gave the exact same scenario. You said three kids killed a black woman in Chicago. They're black. Oh, they're thugs. Three white kids in Colorado. Well, what did they use exactly? Oh, was it rock? I'm sure they didn't mean to. Brother, let me tell you, you've earned tonight's theme song for you. I'm gonna go ahead and get your thistle out. Go ahead and shine up your tap shoes, brother. 
It's your time to shine. Who needs white supremacists when we got fellas like him? Who needs white supremacists when we got folks like him? Nigerians. I think you're the white supremacist because you're ignoring the true issue that is facing the black community right now. Okay, well, so, so when something like this happens, it's a community issue. When it's white, when it's three white kids, a gang of white kids do the same thing, that's not a white, that's not a community issue. Boy, he's stuttering. Did y'all hear him? He's flustered over here. It's not, it's, boy, he is flustered, ain't he? I mean, he's getting cool tongue-tied. Tap dance tongue-tied. I think you're a psyop, man. I think you're just trying to. I think you're an agent of white supremacy. Brother, you think I'm a psy? You think I'm a psyop, and I think you're a sinus. Is my thing. You're absolutely wrong, but I think you start start sending your people to go about the real issues that are in that. And I think you need to start taking some steam treatments. Is what you need to do. Thank you very much for giving us a call here tonight. Yes, I You're assigned us while you're sitting here talking. What the hell is wrong with this guy? So I'm not let it out tonight. Call the Miracle 347. You're on live. Black Channel, what's your name? Oh, man. What's up, man? This is Joel. Joel. You're about to get a whole new talking point. 
if you all say, let anybody tell you that we shouldn't get reparations because it's been too long. All the folk who are involved are dead and gone. There's no reason for you to be getting some preferential treatment. It'll cost too much. It's been too long. You shouldn't get no preferential treatment. It's been too long. Those are things that happened a long time ago. It's been too long. I want you all to keep one thing in mind. The Trail of Tears, which was the largest human mass forced migration probably in world history, but certainly in North American history. That happened in 1838. Say it again. That happened in 1838. The first Indian casino in America was the Seminoles down in Florida. That was 1979. 140 years later. Now you think about that for a moment. There wasn't a single person who was still alive who had been affected by the Trail of Tears. Not a single one. And yet Indian Casino after Indian Casino has been getting help, special dispensation, and everything else. And since 1979, 1979 was just the first. That was just the first one. And they've been rolling and rolling and rolling ever since. Let me remind you again, not a single $5 Indian, $10 Indian, or pure blood Indian who was affected by the Trail of Tears, not even their children were still alive by the time you get to 1979. Not after 140 years. And yet, they started 140 years later. You show up and now they telling you what you don't need to get and what you're not supposed to have. But they're not saying that to these white folk masquerading as criminals and children. That's what they're not doing. I've seen several Indians not saying that to them 140 and at this point now y'all do realize we're going on 200 years later. You do realize we're now going on 200 years after that. While they're telling you what you don't need and your HBCUs and your schools, they did not teach you all the very simple arithmetic that I just did tonight. I'll let you have the last one. Yeah, I just want to say I think anybody that's trying to play some recreation that is too long and you know we don't really need that. I think you just feel in your heart may not love your brother, you know, man up and white position deserve what you know you deserve. Also, Billy, go play the track with the job because he won't allow. Thank you very much for giving us a call here tonight. Trust me, even if his eyes aren't closed, I assure you his nose is. Call Miracle 773. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? We call it. We come cheap for the place to be. Be one, brother. I'm from Chicago. All right, brother. Come cheese. South side or west side? South side. All day. I'm so Man, every time I hear somebody from the north side of Chicago speak, it's like it's throwing me off because it's not a real representation. And I just wanted to mention to you, you know what I'm saying? A lot of the people on the north side, that's where you find the most integration in Chicago. Chicago is completely segregated. But the people on the north side, I don't know what came first. The buck breaking or, or just being Gucci bandits. 
but everybody on the north back in the days, that was where the fags were. And you know what I'm saying? Maybe that's why they integrate like that. And maybe that's why the way they cool like that. Now, I don't mean to say fags. He's part of the immigrant class, so you know where he was going. Then. You get over there. You do not go on that south side, and you do not go on that west side. You go up on the north side. There's plenty of white people for you to be there. So that's where you go. And that's, it, this, this fights itself. Yeah, it's all goofy stuff. And the last thing I want to say, though, as far as the people saying the reparations are so far. Morning, Black family. A is here. Nene went down to go and get Venus. She didn't want to come inside. What's up, little dog? Hey, here, sweet Venus. How you doing? You want to come back inside? Yeah, I heard you out there barking, playing in your yard. You got a whole backyard. What's up, Lily? I'm not ignoring you. Oh, I say, wait a minute. Hold on, you messing up my recording. Shut your ass up. soldiers, I'm the professor, and this is the moment of truth. What's that old song from everywhere around the world? They're coming to America, and they're coming, and coming, and coming. Well, actually, they're mostly coming from south of the border. Now, let's be clear about one thing. Neither of the two major parties wants illegal immigration stopped. They certainly don't want it stopped yet. When you hear about things like Title 42 expiring, etc., DACA, Dreamers, etc., Keep in mind, these are just titles that are used to give some sort of form to the skirmishes that the two major parties have over their generally shared policies. The white right serves corporate interests, and they want illegal aliens as a cheap source of labor and to expedite their little financial industries like wire transfers to the third world, etc. The white left, on the other hand, see illegal aliens as a replacement constituency for black voters who, as of late, have proven too demanding and disobedient. So neither political party has an incentive to actually stop illegal immigration. What they do want is to contain some of the messy optics, though. If the Republicans actually wanted to do something about illegal immigration, then they would pass harsh laws to criminalize giving illegals bank accounts or renting them apartments or any accommodations or allowing them to do wire transfers and then aggressively go after the people who are usually white corporations, by the way, who are giving economic means to sustain themselves to illegal aliens. Now, keep in mind, in both Texas and Florida and a couple other states, Republicans had no problem passing laws, making it where citizens could go ahead and sue third parties for things that did not directly impact them. They didn't have a problem with doing that when it came to things like critical race theory or abortion. But when it comes to illegal immigration, all of a sudden the Republicans decide, well, uh, we don't want just anybody to be able to sue over that. It's better if the state has a monopoly on that one. Yeah, the Republicans would like a monopoly on that one, because otherwise their big donors would find themselves being dragged into court for the mess that they've made. The economics of illegal immigration have been far-reaching, and they are pervasive through every level of government. At the local level, you usually have people who are working as landscapers or in cleaning services or what have you. At the state level, they usually work construction, and at the national level, you have the Walmarts and the agribusinesses who employ them by the thousands. And they can do it without fear of prosecution because nobody in the government is going to start putting these crooked businessmen in jail. So please understand that as both of the major parties see it, 
the influx of illegal aliens is a solution, not a problem. DeSantis, for example, was all about the PR stunts, using his press conferences as a feeble platform to try to get himself some quickie headlines. But what did he actually want to do about the voting? He put together a phony election task force and his band found out that those measures have stopped even one illegal from entering the country. DeSantis is not a border governor per se, but his state still acts as a nexus between the U.S. and a number of countries that have a large number of illegal immigrants on their own. So. Why isn't he bragging about putting together an internal immigration task force like he did when he was lying about election fraud? He was very eager to announce that they had dozens of black people who they were targeting to be arrested for allegedly voting illegally. But that stunt blew up in his face. So does DeSantis really want to do anything about the border, or is he still just looking for another false pretense to get himself on Fox News and try to raise his feeble credibility long enough to get himself into the presidential sweepstakes? Judge him by his actions, not his words. Busting migrants to Martha's Vineyard gets headlines. But after that, then what? I'm sure you've heard the old expression that the Chinese ideograph for crisis is a combination of two words, danger and opportunity. So when these people talk about the border crisis, well, as Rahm Emanuel would say, never let a good crisis go to waste. And indeed, they haven't. Both the white left and the white right see this issue as a way to supplant the black vote and any black economic threat in general. About the only halfway intelligent thing officer Eric Adams of the NYPD has said is that he's sending illegal aliens in New York upstate to the north where Republicans are. Apparently, they don't appreciate that, and while it's good to see them storing their own juices, that really hasn't gotten that much attention, nor the huge groups of illegal aliens who have been put into black neighborhoods, and you've had black people complaining about this, and where are your so-called black leaders at? Oh, that's right, they're busy trying to make these cross-racial alliances. Meanwhile, in Los Angeles, you got Nuri Martinez and her naughty pals talking about black people like dogs. And while it is amusing to see the Republicans getting a taste of their own medicine, the truth of the matter is Officer Adams and the white wealthy money interest funding him want the population of New York to go down, at least everyone who's not absolutely essential to the functioning of the financial sector. They want to downsize New York City, take a bite out of the Big Apple. And they're not alone. An unpleasant reality that nobody really wants to have to face is that what's happening is not due to political repression. That's not where these caravans are coming from. These are failed states, and rather than stand them back up on their feet, a lot of the people from those places have chosen to flee. The vast majority of the people who have come to the United States in the last 50 years are not political refugees at all. They're not fleeing any sort of persecution. What they heard, though, is that if you claim political refugee status, if you claim you're being persecuted, then that makes it where the gears of deportation come to a halt, and they got to look into it. By the way, you'll see all kinds of articles and videos on the internet showing people doing the same thing in places like Australia and Britain and Canada and what have you. This is just a standard operating procedure. You're trying to find a pretense to get in, some means to make it where they can't just send you back home on a reflex, something that makes it where they have to let you stay, even if only long enough to make some sort of claim. People have heard this long enough, and that's exactly what they're doing. These are not political refugees, though. These are economic migrants. Now, economic migration is a bad idea because it means that the countries that the people are coming from have no incentive to make any changes. As black Americans, nobody, absolutely nobody on the planet has had it or does have it as badly as we do, and yet we haven't fled. 
So what's the difference between us and everyone else? We stood our ground and continued to. We were not looking for a safe haven. We decided that we were not going to be a product of our environment. We wanted our environment to be a product of us. You probably heard me say that social trends tend to follow economics, but economic trends tend to follow political trends. And what does politics mean? It means the distribution of power among a given group. And it's cyclical, by the way. Social trends follow economic trends, which follow political ones, and so on. The conditions in the society will cause people to either want to reinforce or to change the society. And that will require a change in the distribution of power. Now, once people have made up their minds to change the distribution of power, that will require resources. Resources are essential to change the society and to sustain the changes which are made. Now, once that happens, you're going to have people who are either going to want to change the society further or to keep it as it is. And so the cycle repeats itself. And that doesn't even account for the competing interests that a society has, because not everyone in the society believes or wants the same thing. Now, in the U.S., you've had a dedicated group of ex-slaves who have fought the battles to change the society. But there's also been a dedicated group of white supremacists determined to stop, if not slow, the progress that we've been attempting to bring about. To make this happen, to slow that kind of progress in any society, you have to make the social infrastructure more complicated. That means the use of buffer groups. Buffer groups create these nexi, these centers of opposition against whomever the forces of change are in the society, so that they are not just facing the establishment alone. Instead, the forces of change have to fight the establishment and a constellation of other groups and interested parties who claim that they aren't on the side of the establishment, and yet who spend most of their time fighting for that very establishment. It's a strategy that holds the rules. Last week, we talked about the Latino neo-Nazis and the origins of anti-blackness in Latin culture. If you have people trying to move the society in a forward direction, then you have to find a way of diluting their electoral and political power. And that means either you bring in or otherwise you have to introduce into the society more people who are going to disagree and otherwise pull against these forces of progress. White power isn't keen on bringing in people from south of the border, but the racial paradigm in Latin America is like the U.S. with the Blanco ruling class at the top and everyone else under it. So as far as the white supremacists are concerned, with the exception of the fact that they speak Spanish, it's a distinction without a difference. White supremacy is nothing if not able to adapt. The white media created a term meant to sound flattering, but it's actually a backhanded compliment. That term is model minority. You've probably heard it said in relation to Asians, for example, but you will see it apply to the people coming in from south of the border soon. Now, the term model minority might seem to some people to be the ethno-equivalent of saying model citizen, except that's not what it means at all. Under white supremacy, so-called minorities are not full citizens. You have to be white for that. In this society, model minority is actually far more analogous to model prisoner. It's not a term meant to praise someone, because nobody from the dominant society aspires to be a model minority. It's just a pat on the head, meant to say, you're a very well-behaved little boy. It's a reflexive term, meant to make those who are called it think that they're better than black people, because that's how it's usually used. Whenever somebody uses the term model minority, surely as night follows day, it will immediately be followed by, or preceded by, you're doing better than those black people over there. Hence, you're a model minority, etc.
This is a key component of white power placing buffers between itself and those who intend to change the society. It's a tactic as old as the Romans. White power gives tangible and psychological benefits to those it wants to recruit. Now, of course, it has no permanent plans for any of them, but nobody who goes for the siren song of white supremacy ever wants to accept that. Model minority means a non-white group who white power believes won't change the status quo. And that happens to be the number one driver of why it is that both political parties don't actually want to do anything about the border at all. They just want to appear as if they want to. Well, that might be what white power is about to try to throw people off its scent, but we're not fooled. We must maintain the truth of who we are, what we've done, and what we're owed. Remember, white supremacy is global. People from outside the U.S. may claim that they don't owe reparations, but the fact is they came here to get a piece of the unprecedented wealth that we created. So they volunteered to pay those reparations. No different than if I, as a black man, immigrated to Germany. There's no way in hell they would let me get away with saying, well, my taxes shouldn't go to pay Holocaust reparations, because after all, black people had nothing to do with it. Immigrants never object to Holocaust reparations or Native American reparations or reparations to Japanese Americans because white power told them not to. They only object when it comes time to talk about black people. And then you have people like Alexandria Ocasio-Horseface who said, well, if black people get reparations, Latinos are owed reparations too because racists. When somebody volunteers to go somewhere, they're not owed reparations. If you roll the dice on the U.S. being a great opportunity for yourself and then it doesn't work out, you're not owed reparations because you chose to do that. People who are damaged through no fault of their own are owed. And we have to make sure that distinction is made and maintained. When people make common cause with white supremacy, then the same criticisms and accusations that are leveled at white supremacy society also applies to them. There are countries in Latin America who have been made to promise land and other tangibles to their black populations. Now, the people in those lands took inspiration from our struggles and our efforts, and I'm not mad at them at all. But we have to have our own interests to pursue. And just because we demand that the dilution of our voting and economic power be stopped doesn't mean that we're down with the GOP. It simply means that this is an important issue for us, and if either of the two major parties wants to get serious about it, then that would merit a serious look. Though that's probably about all it would merit. The white right will never get a full head of steam about immigration because for them, the migrant caravans have been good for business, so to speak. They want the racist rooms who formed their base to be angry about it and scared of it, but they also want them to keep coming back over and over to vote for them over and over again. So that means paying lip service to enforcing the laws on immigration, but never actually doing anything substantive for the American right, illegal immigration is far more valuable as a continuing problem, quote-unquote, so that they can campaign against it, as opposed to a political accomplishment that they could brag about if they actually did something about it. For the left, it's a great way to leave the illegal aliens in a bit of political limbo, so that they'll be thinking about getting into the good graces of the white power structure, and that way they won't have to worry about deportations, and they can also see about bringing family members over Neither of these are outcomes that are in the interest of black power because neither one has us in mind. We don't have any friends, so we're free to speak what is solely in our own interest. And that's a good thing, because while people are talking about border walls and closing the points of entry over here, in the black grassroots, we shut the door on waiting for allies a long time ago. Good day, and be one.
I'd like to take a moment to mention some of our contributors. Ruger, James, Morris Bodden, Frederick Dawkins, and Bobby Williams. Salute to them and thank you to everyone listening, liking, and sharing this message. Black empowerment only exists because of you. Clean is all in few 